You see, the point Shakespeare's trying to make is that when we're in disguise, we feel freer. We, we do things we, we wouldn't do in ordinary life. Brett, what happens when you go out on the football field in uniform? We kick ass! Yeah! You yell, you, you, you hit people, you touch other guys' butts. <laughs> Welcome back to Look What You Made Me View. This is the podcast where we talk about kissing and the movies we've been missing. I'm Kaylee. I am Ryantist. <laughs> Ryan. Yes. This is a luau that sells packing material. <laughs> <laughs> this week, we watched... Hold on. <laughs> That's in reference to the brother's store, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, and... We're jumping way ahead. Sorry, guys. Get back into it. This is a weird one. We watched Never Been Kissed. Never. Never Been Kissed. I'm going to start by reading the back of the box. Now I can say I've never... that I can't say I've never watched Never Been Kissed. Yeah, I have deprived you of this. Mm. Forever changed. Okay. <laughs> back of the box says, eight years ago, she was a total geek. But now she's back to get it right. Drew Barrymore is brilliant in this hilarious, heartwarming comedy about that wacky wonderland of homework, hot lunches, and raging hormones known as high school. <laughs> Just pause for a second. There's a lot going on here, and I can tell that somebody who like really enjoys writing wrote this. Okay? okay. So just bear with me as I analyze here. Uh, she's going back to get it right, Drew Barrymore, in this hilarious, heartwarming comedy about a wacky wonderland. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of alliteration. alliteration. Yes. But then we get to the back end of this sentence, and it's... I love the back end of a sentence. <laughs> I do, too, normally, but I got problems here. Of homework, hot lunches, and raging hormones. Oof. Like, they needed three H's. Homework, hot lunches, and raging hormones. What the fuck is a hot <laughs> lunch? <laughs> What the fuck is a hot lunch? A hot lunch? That's a hot lunch. What is hot lunch? Well, euphemistically, uh, it is probably something oral related. To me, it's a hot pocket. We all know what that is. Boom. A uh, hot lunch, you know, hot, hot lunch. They lunch. cooked it at school, I guess. It seems ridiculous to me. Well, it's versus what you brought in a lunchbox. That's not hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we go from like two H's. Back to back, two W's back to back to like four H's, okay? Four H's, I think. Homework, hot lunches, hormones, known as high school. Ridiculous to me. Continuing the summary. Okay. Newspaper reporter Josie Geller, uh, Drew Barrymore, Geller. is going undercover as a student to learn about today's teens. At first, she's thrilled until she remembers her nickname, Josie Grossy. Can a former clueless nerd navigate the hallways of high school without tripping over her own feet? That's hmm. the summary. I like I like that that phrase, tripping over her own feet, because yeah. it, it's there's an accomplishment had here. Does she use that accomplishment to her advantage, or, or does she um, actually fall apart 
because of this accomplishment. She has momentum. She is running. Will she self-sabotage right. while running by yes. tripping over her own feet? Love it. Yeah. No, That's clearly really interesting. this is a genuine writer putting together this summary. Which tracks with this film. I, mm. I, I think it's thematic. It's, it's, it's on theme. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, in a way it is. Yeah. yeah. All right. Hey, Ryan, mm-hmm. what would your summary be? Milk money, too. Milk money, too. <laughs> what would she do? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, milk money, too. What, what would she do? That kind of is it. We just watched Milk Money. If you haven't seen this movie, highly recommend. The premise is these three boys go into the city to hire a hooker so they can see a naked woman. (laughs) It's 1994. Yes. And they send three little kids to the city to see boobies. And they saved up all their like milk money instead of buying milk at school. Yeah. To see milk uh, jugs. But the, um, (laughs) sorry, the MacGuffin, I guess, is that the hooker, Ends up getting trapped in the suburbs, and she has to pose as a math tutor for which they a are boy. want to do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Very typical story. She might have experience acting as a tutor. The reason I truly say it, however, is because that movie is very problematic, as you can already hear by the brief description of just part of the movie. Yeah. Um, there are several situations in which age and sexuality become like very cringy. So, uh, that's this movie as well. And uh, let's talk about why you are mating me view this. Okay. This... Do you want to grammatically correct me? No, I don't. No, <laughs> no. Because I realize why I am the I'm way that so I am. i so many things wrong and, on purpose. Yeah, no. Just taunting you. It's not fair, okay? Like, I have a very easy trigger here. A very easy trigger. When people um, say stuff... That is incorrect. It does bother me. Because I think language is so beautiful. It's the thing I went to school for, right? So when people just kind of don't care about how words should fit together, I don't I don't even know how to put this without sounding like a jerk. <laughs> because people who correct other people's grammar, let's be clear, Ooh. they're terrible people. Okay. I don't think that it's okay to then run around would, life. Why would you do that? Correcting this people. so often. Because at one time, <laughs> I did this a lot. Yo, <laughs> back in the day, um, I did this a lot, and I feel really embarrassed about it now. But I really felt like I was helping society um, by correcting grammar. As a uh, true Brit would. Yeah, seriously. So this film informed a lot of my childhood. I was all excited about high school because it really did seem like this thing, this place where you could be whoever you wanted to be. Mm. And it all was just kind of like fantastical and really made up. And she... Wait, how old are you when when you're first watching this? Six. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. Our child is not allowed to watch this. No, I can't say that I watched all of it, but I definitely watched most of it by six and all of it by at least 10. Like this movie starts and I feel like this could possibly be Adam Sandler related. It's got the homie from uh, Grandma's Boy, who is a known actor and writer and participant in productions for Adam Sandler. It's got other SNL people. So my first real question is, is this isn't, 
SNL thing um, or an Adam Sandler thing? Because it's got to be one or the other. There's too many connections, right? There are a lot of connections. I don't believe that it's either, um, but I'm not totally sure. No, it it doesn't appear that it is. Um, Yeah. Nonetheless, well cast. There's plenty of awesome people in this and very surprised to see the uh, <laughs> the small roles um, that feature pretty major players, you know, later in life. Yeah, it's like everybody started here. And when the movie comes up, you kept on saying, is this the Jimmy Fallon movie? I'm not sure which one you're referring to. I think to. it's her and Jimmy Fallon, but they have one in, it's in Boston, so I should have known. This is Chicago. Oh, is um, it the one where he's like a, a baseball fanatic? And, and they keeps, go to all the games. Yes. And then the team actually ended up winning that year and stuff. It was real crazy. Yeah. Okay. I've seen that one too. I like it. I didn't know that was Jimmy Fallon in it. I'm going to be really real. I remember this having Matthew McConaughey in it at Ooh, some point. I would love that. He's not here. Yeah. That, you know, I'm kind of missing him now that you say that. I feel like he would have fit so well into this. So well that like, I thought that's who the teacher was. I didn't Ooh, realize oh, man. that that's not. Please him. give me somebody else for the teacher. Oh boy. Seriously. This guy is so flat and just boring. But I think McConaughey already has a history of being in films where he hits on high school students um, when he's a full grown man. So okay. <laughs> I, I think that would be too many, too, too many. Well, it, you know, I ask you why you're bringing it here, but then I watched it. Uh, and this, uh, of all the movies out of like 70 some movies we've seen now uh, for the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, this is the first one where it just re- made me think of you so often it was ridiculous. And not only, I mean, you're right there, so it's not difficult to think of you, but um, it everything reminded me like it it just was like i know you were more popular than this but this is kind of you in so many ways fucking hope so this is weird oh my god it's weird because you i don't get the sense that you were as unhappy as she was in school but i do get the sense of like your personality being very close to this now you're a bit of an old soul in regards to like the literature thing like you know in your um writing and all that so that tracks. She's older, but in regard to everything else, you're, you know, you didn't have many problems in school, right? No, I, I don't think that I did. I think my freshman year was really hard, but that was, I feel like it was mostly just because freshman year is really hard. I don't right. think I had anything extraordinary no dating problems no No. people like pranking you or doing shitty shit at a dance like um yeah dear god no um i had the full carry almost i had a boyfriend i was involved in clubs um non-academic clubs i don't think i was involved in boyfriend and i was involved in clubs maybe i should have been i know seriously um no but A lot of my favorite things are in this. For example, uh, we're getting some character development. Andrew Barrymore's character has turtles. I've always wanted to... So many things just start clicking. Yeah, have a butt turtle. Yeah, that remind me of things that either we've gone through or things you've told me about. Yeah, and then we get into the actual classroom and they talk about my favorite Shakespeare play. Mm. And I am just psyched so let's get into kind of like the concept she is a copywriter she is an editor i'm not totally sure what she does 
Yeah, I, I think she's an editor. Yeah, okay. But she keeps pitching stories and other writers are writing them. She doesn't get the opportunity to publish her own stuff. Right. Because she's too by the books. Yes. She's too rigid. Yeah. And unpleasant. I will say I've had this experience. I've worked for two magazines at this point, and I've had pitches that and those, went to wait other a minute. people. We just have to not make America great again zines. We have to what? These are not make America great again zines. Oh, new zines. Does that work? Like they're new zines? Uh, online publications. There we go. Yeah. Okay. I've worked for two <laughs> online publications at this point. Magazines and... have been ruined completely at this point. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I don't feel like we should have to give up words. We already gave up Pepe. Like, can we stop giving away things? Is that weight? Pepe is weight? I mean, I'm, I'm disheartened by that too, but yeah. it's like, is that really a problem? Dude, as a kid from the 90s, mm-hmm. as the resident 90s kid on the podcast, yes, giving away Pepe was a big deal. Mm. Memes are like the heart and soul of young millennials. If the Why You Know guy yeah. was co-opted by alt-right, I would be very upset. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out like what this would be for the elder millennials. Like, elder what is your meme? Um, what was big back in the day? I don't know. I'm a bit like I'm a bit of an outlier, Kaylee. I'm not necessarily the one to ask. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe this is more a question for we'll ask the Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Tom. I love that idea. Yeah, no shade, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean. Losing Pepe was a big deal, I think. It was a big deal for me because I love Niall Breen and his artwork. He's a lovely human being. Yeah. Back to the actual (laughs) podcast. I don't know how we got there from this movie, but cool. Let's talk about this movie. Yeah, it's heartbreaking getting pitches taken from you and given to better writers and you know they're better writers and that sucks. So I feel for her in this position in a totally different way now that I'm an adult. It parallels her experience in school, though, where she didn't try at the thing that she regrets trying, not trying at. Yeah. And she's doing the same at work. She wants to be this type of journalist, but she's not really putting herself out there in that way. She's not taking the risks because she's risk adverse. Right. She's not down to... Clown. Clown. Right. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. You couldn't Um, think of the word. She's not she's not down to clown, so nobody's asking her to do anything because they just assume she's gonna say no or she's, she's not down to clown, so nobody's asking her to crump. Yes. Sure. Yeah, that works. You say you're from the nineties, and if you don't know crumping. I don't want to talk about crumping. <laughs> I'm surprised it was ever a thing, honestly. You know what? The Macarena was a thing. So like crumping is allowed to be a thing. Macarena. I feel this way about like twerking. I feel this way about like whatever the new thing is going to be. I I don't care. The Macarena was a thing. Cool. Anything else is possible. This might be the most mom discussion you've had. I am deep. Okay. So when people do embarrassing things in movies, I really (laughs) absorb the energy. And I start to feel like self-conscious. I'm feeling super self-conscious right now. About this movie? No, just in general, because the movie is so full of that energy. School energy. Yeah. I'm like a 
I would say I'm an empathetic person. It's a common like nightmare, right? People at school and stuff. So that that makes sense. Yeah, so, I get that. I don't necessarily like it either. It's it's like um jail narratives and stuff. I, anything that is set in a jail or a prison is like immediately weird because it's just a strange setting. Um, and if you're affected by that in your world, if you have people in your family that are incarcerated and stuff, friends, like that stuff is not necessarily as fun as it is for somebody that does, does not have any clue or any attachment to, um, or association with someone, uh, right. That's been involved. Right. So if I had not gone, everyone's got that. Right. Yes. Everyone, for the most part, has experience with school. If I had not gone to a public high school, I feel like something else would have been that thing for me. I think everybody has this mm -hmm. time in their life where they can identify that as like an awkward or stressful or chaotic time that's full of embarrassing situations. Even if there's no genuine embarrassment there, you feel it because you're so self-conscious during so that time. So did we, we've, we've established for people that haven't seen the movie that yes. she is going to school as a 25 year old woman, okay. which I didn't know that she was 25 until basically the end. Gary Marshall. Gary Marshall. May he rest in peace. How I love him. Mm. Gary Marshall comes up with this idea for a story because his son was eating peanuts and he didn't know that his son had a peanut allergy. So his son goes to the hospital and then he thinks, what else do I not know about my son? Let's write a story about teenagers. Send a 25-year-old to school. Yeah, that's what he does. He sends yeah. Drew Barrymore, a very uncool 25-year-old, to high school. He and he picks the perfect person and um cuz she looked I, like a baby. Well, the other thing is she isn't as mature socially as ev as anyone else in the room. Like you pick anyone else in that room, they're they're actually grown ass people that would take advantage of this situation. Yes. She's very genuine and sensitive. Yeah. So her character is very believable she's as just a student an inexperienced, a person who has not yet experienced life. Yep. But then she got big old titties and ass. Yeah, she looks like, like a mom. grown ass woman, body, and all that. I mean, full love and respect to moms out there. Like, your bodies are beautiful. You have come into womanhood. Drew Barrymore- I have come into womanhood. Yes, you have. <laughs> Drew Barrymore <laughs> looks like a woman. You know, she doesn't yes. look like a teenager no. at all. Right. But this she acts like one. Unfucking believable. It's very bizarre to me. It, her behavior, though, changes that. Yeah. I think it's unbelievable visually. It's, it's like we watch the show Claim to Fame, where it's like uh, uh, celebrities, cousins, and nieces, and uh, uh, brothers and shit, right? You have and to you got to have to guess. Yeah. Or you got to have to. You got to have to. Yes. I, I love how. I'm fucking the grammar You're all over the place in this yourself. episode. I do appreciate it. But this it. is the best because this episode is so relevant. She is particular about grammar throughout this until the end, right? Yeah. She starts saying Rufus. Yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, claim to fame. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> we enjoy trying to peg the celebrity relative because of the way they look, a similarity in that. So we're looking at people. We're always looking at people. We know this, right? 
Why are these people not seeing a grown woman entering the school? Okay, so I want to talk about this. Very recently, a 23, I think, year old woman enrolled into high school and went to high school for an entire month. So this just happened in Hmm. our year. Had she been kissed? 2023. Who knows? Oh. Who knows? But I do know that the school had to inform all the parents of her close friends that that this whole thing had happened. Yeah. Yeah. So it has happened in real life. And I don't know if it was inspired by this movie or not. That's concerning. But it's like, you would fucking know. No, not. Okay. So let's. I was making this point earlier with you about our child and how they really don't see the full thing, right? They're not paying attention to detail as much. Yeah. So the older you get, you pay a little bit more attention to detail. The best advice I ever got while I was in high school was that nobody cares what you look like because they're also worried about what they look like. Exactly. They're looking at you almost like in passing at all times. Yes. There's very little focusing and breaking down stuff. Like it's just not as bad as you think it is. The way I had it explained to me by... uh, I'll just say a person who feels that they are very spiritual is that when you're in high school, all of your aura is literally inside your body. Like all your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings, everything at all times is inside your body. You're not able to see past yourself at all because your aura just hasn't grown that way. It hasn't like expanded outward yet. Sure. Right. So I guess it's kind of believable. It's potentially there, but I don't, I feel like I would know if somebody eight years older than me was in my class. You would think. You really would. Yeah. Like, it would be rumored, at least. You know, uh, this is terrible, but when I was in high school, there was a kid who was balding prematurely. Yeah. And yeah, like people talked about how he was secretly an old man. Ironically, I don't think age ambiguity really begins until you're about 20, uh, around her age. 23, yeah. 25 is around where you would begin potentially. And then from that age to probably 38 or 40, maybe. Yeah. You could look the same age in some in some cases. I get, I'm, I'm 28, almost 29. I'm 28 and a half. I get mistaken for 23, but I also get mistaken for 40. So it's a bizarre world. The 40 doesn't make any sense. It it does in relation to like you and I. Like you and I are a couple. You and I, T.Y.? You and me. Is unity. Are a couple. (laughs) Um, So people just assume that I'm a lot older than I actually am. Not a lot, but, you know, older. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's happened in our friend group. I had a really awkward moment um, that I don't necessarily feel embarrassed about, but it was, I don't know, just a bizarre moment for me where we were all sitting together, you and your friends and stuff. One of your friends hadn't met me yet. And he goes, how do you know everybody? Did you go to high school with them? <laughs> and I had to be like, no. And it's not embarrassing. Well, it's oh, just that's, the friend you're that's talking womanhood. about. The friend you're talking about is a bit of um, a f- like new friend in my world. Like I didn't go to high school with him. 
Okay. None of my like real not the fucking point, friends. Ryan. Well, okay. The point is, I got mistaken for like forty, and that was weird. That's to not me, what that says. Not... That's not what that says. Mm. For all he knows, you're like four or five years younger. Could be. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the point I'm trying to make. Many of my friends like... have dated like you know sophomores and freshmen after we graduated. Oh God. But girls that were in, I I did that. I was I dated a girl that was uh. When I would have graduated from high school, I think she would have been a junior, probably. Yeah, she she was like a year or two behind me. Okay. Yeah. That that I guess like over sixteen, and you're eighteen. But I the guess. age difference is there. You think about this is what I'm saying though is school is so bizarre. Yeah. It's this like very short period of time where people make so much of it. When I was sixteen, I was dating somebody who had already graduated high school. Yeah, that's weird. But is it? No, I mean, not at the truly, time. It, no. It, if we, now, it, out yes. of the context of school, yeah, it it's not weird at all. Now that I have been eighteen, yeah, yeah, I think that was weird. You love Shakespeare. Shakespeare is like that. It's, Shakespeare it, like, was thirteen, and Anne Hathaway was twenty six. So that's an extreme example. Hold on, what? When they got married, Shakespeare and Anne Hathaway. Yes. Oh wait a minute. You're right. Her name was actually Anne yes. <laughs> He was 13. I forget myself. And she was 26. Yes. Yeah. That's. They were supposedly like very in love. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to me. I don't know. I just, I like Shakespeare and I want to talk about Shakespeare now. Are uh, well, we there we're yet? not talking about this movie at all, but that's okay. No. Um, let's, let's just jump through it. We don't need to like hit it beat for beat. Um, really? I, I can't say that um, it's not worth watching. And we won't reveal too much, but I, I will say, like, this is kind of interesting. I mean, if you haven't seen it, like, go ahead. Try it out. Watch the film. Uh, we start with the homeboy saying, uh, power is power. Total t-shirt. Okay, so her, her assistant. assistant. Who is this guy? I recognize him. He's in commercials. He's been in, like, so much stuff. He's got, like, extreme nerd face. If you have, like, a, a bubble gum or some kind of extreme flavor candy, you want him in your commercial so he can, like, yeah. react and go, whoa, that's yeah. really sour. Uh, Sean he, Whalen. He just got a big old face. Yeah. Uh, but he says, power is power. Total t-shirt to his friend, whoever's on the phone. Um, He's coming up with t-shirt what? ideas through the whole but what movie. Is, fuck is power is power uh, no idea they're all stupid ideas <laughs> all of them are stupid ideas and then he says merkin and jerkin he's working his name is merkin which i think is also a joke because is a merkin a thing that i think it is yes um i don't know like the guy's it, he just immediately coming up with all these quotes and you think you're going to see him more and then he's done. No, I mean, he does show up again, but not in a big way. He, he doesn't way. stay with the quotes like that. I thought for sure, like, I don't remember this character at all, but I thought for sure this was going to be like the mandatory gay best friend character. And he is the opposite of that. He's like super misogynistic. Mm -hmm. We see him at the Rastafarian concert later and he's like training other dudes to be dicks. We don't need this guy at all. No. We no, really no. don't. I would love a gay best friend situation over this. Oh, sorry. I misread the note. Mm -hmm. He says, because his last name is Merkin, Merkin ain't jerkin. He's working. 
Ew. Like, how Ew. do you defend your laziness with Merkin ain't jerkin? Wait, at no, no, work no, no, no. To your it's, lady boss. Jerkin would be like, yeah, you're doing the hand motion. Thank you. Um, that's what I assume that would be. Yeah, he ain't jerkin. He's working. He's working. Because you know she's trying to say he's slacking off or whatever. Yeah, but he's yeah. jacking off, or he's not jacking off. He's not jacking off. He's not jacking off. He's slacking off. He's no. <laughs> That's not better. <laughs> Actually, no, it is better. But yeah, sure. I mean, in the workplace, yeah. Which would you prefer? Right. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't like either. Clearly, but uh, let's see. What else? Well, well, everybody just on call all day. <laughs> okay, we'll get to that. Let's go to high school. So yeah, we need to just jump to high school. What is this outfit she's wearing? She borrows her brother's car. Her brother works at. The Tiki Post, which is a tiki-themed shipping material store. Not the UPS. They sell packing materials. It's really confusing. And it's tiki-themed. Yeah. I'm so But it's David Arquette. Yeah. Clearly going to be a major factor in this movie because he wouldn't be here otherwise. Exactly. These two are very hot at this time. Yes. Brew Drarymore and Avid Darquette. Yeah. Good job there. That was nice. So she is going to borrow his shitty car and she goes to high school and she is wearing this insane feathery white. Yeah, her first day is something really wild. And she's wearing white lipstick. She All white. looks her like whole a ghost. body is what is this choice? Like a very groovy What ghost. did she learn from what? What is her supposed year? 80s? Or no, we said 99, right? Yeah. Originally. No. So she would have graduated in the early 90s because she's eight years older. Okay. So she would have graduated in she's 91. She's 92, 90, 91, 92. Yeah. Yeah, 91. You're right. Uh, so is this what she thinks was the coolest thing she saw in 91? Or is this what she thinks is the coolest thing now? I think she thinks it's because we see before this, she's cut up a ton of magazines to try out like different hairstyles yeah. and put on different outfits. And then she picked all white. Yes. <laughs> Why? What the Dude. Who did this? I wish we had like a makeover scene. I know. I'm not I, even sure like for the movie if it's a good choice. No. Right? No. See, I can't tell. Okay. I, I really, I cannot tell. The only people I was around in the 90s were like, uh, my dad was a youth pastor. So youth, my dad's like church youth group and sailors in the Navy. So <laughs> I didn't have like a good... I don't know, a uh, group, test group. There we go. I uh, didn't have a good test group okay. for like what people were in the 90s. Okay. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> Not with that group. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I just think they had more opportunities here that they could have exploited for comedy, right? Where she comes from versus where they are. This was just an out of bounds. Like, I don't know where this comes from. It would have been funnier if she had dressed up like Britney. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Is yeah. if something really like um, anachronistic or something too current? Like if she went to high school, I don't know. I'm trying to think of some early 90s examples like The Clash or I don't know. Who could she dress up as from the early 90s? I guess it's not that different. I mean, eight years isn't a long time, but it's still, it could have been something better than what she did. Eight I, years it, is a really long time in like fashion, especially yeah. fast fashion in the 90s. 92. So she would have been more like 
Maybe big baggy jeans and stuff. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. More grunge. Grunge. Yes. More grunge. Yeah. Instead of. Or straight jinkos. <laughs> Ew. Let's go jinkos. Ew. Oh my god. Never again <laughs> shall we do it. But she goes to school and we have to immediately see like this is school in the late 90s and it's edgy and scary now she goes through a metal detector they pull out her nail file because it's a weapon i liked that and i guess this is is it 99 when i think you said nine no 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 is it 99 when columbine happens and they start putting metal detectors in school Death Cab for Cutie has a song called Kids of 99, and I'm pretty sure it's about Colin Sounds about right. And I'm pretty sure it's 99. Sounds about right. So this is when metal detectors first start going into schools. God, man, you think about that. That's how we kicked off the new millennium. Yeah. And, and, and think about what it's been like ever since. Characterized the whole yeah. entire... Started wow. with a bang. Literally. God, that's awful. That's yeah. a song right there. Like, yeah. I, I feel well, like Well, you just mentioned be... Death Cab did it. Well, mm, are they the Simpsons of music? Yes, kind of. They did a song about no way, Trump dude. too. So no like, way. they've done Who's it. So, okay, so it's it. so fucking crazy. I just said that too okay. because they play the Simpsons theme in they this do. fucking movie. They also play a local H song. Well, well yeah, yeah. We'll talk oh all about God. that. But like, they do the Simpsons theme like a lot of it in this. Uh, the whole band, uh, school band, does it. But Oops. who is the Simpsons equivalent in music? If the Simpsons did it in uh, for all TV show purposes. Mm-hmm. Who did it for bands? Sparks. Could be. That's how you get I your like ass that kicked. answer. They they have too much material for me to disagree with that. Yeah, they have what, five decades? But at I this would point? also say maybe Radiohead? Radiohead. I was thinking talking heads. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. But who who goes like full full hard heavy to like soft ballady? Like who does that? Oh, okay. Okay. Silver chair. Silver chair. <laughs> If you go by like individual, yeah, Daniel Silver Johns. Silverchair is the Simpsons of music. Yeah. It's not true, but um, I would like to believe that's true. Uh, I guess even Silverchair, because like Frog Stomp is so different from Neon Ballroom. But that that there is consistency in some ways to the Simpsons, so I, I don't know if that really tracks. It's it's about who's done it all, who has done it. Oh all. no no no! Got it, Weezer. Ooh, right? They have a, a song about answer. like. Indian food. Like they have a song for everything. And they get more hip hop-y and stuff. Like even though Daniel Johns and, you know, the homies like started off making some silly rap music and then transitioned, they didn't really have a uh, presence as a hip hop act in any way. Although Daniel Johns. So Daniel Johns maybe. That's what I'm trying to say. Like The Simpsons of music. Individual artist is too difficult because then we'll just say, no, then we'll just say Cher and she'll win another prize. Madonna. Madonna. Or hear me out, ABBA. Ooh, I like that. ABBA has a song for everything. Damn, this is really interesting, actually. I mean, as a musician, I love thinking about what the Simpsons of music is. Yeah. Wow. The difference between like money, money, money and winner Timbaland in some ways. <laughs> Timbaland, yes. Prince. If we're just Pr- going ooh, with like, like that producers, like their yeah. full body of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Prince, hmm. for sure. I like this idea. I want more people involved, though. Like, so, like, how could you say Simpsons did it, but in a musical context? That's a good question. Yes. Yeah. I like that. Who Who is your Simpsons fan, officially? That is how Silverchair we should... Silverchair did it. I mean, that's yeah. for now, I'm just going to go with that. This is how we should talk to people. For sure. 
top 10 questions. <laughs> um, okay. They also have to throw in the presidential fitness test. I don't know cool. if you had to do that in yeah. high school or yeah, not. Yeah, for sure. But we had like, um, who was it? We had like Arnold leading us back in the day. Arnold? Yeah. Arnold? Yeah. Oh. Schwarzenegger. How was he leading you back well, in the like day? Well, like he was so uh, a, a, what do you call it? A ambassador for it or something. For fitness. Well, yeah, it was a presidential fitness, but the president wasn't out there like doing shit, promo and all that. The president was wildly unhealthy, so. Wait, what, what am I going to school on Bill Clinton era like presidential yeah. fitness? <laughs> yeah. this bitch is, I mean, he out he's there, running. but like, He's yes. running, but then yeah. he's grabbing hamburgers. <laughs> Classic Phil Hartman seen on SNL, by the way. Terrible. Okay. Um, my version of this was like a watered down version of the presidential fitness thing. Okay. Because then you have like Bush. Bush does not give you a shit. You do have Bush. <laughs> I, yes. People have Bush and he doesn't give a shit about fitness. So we had to do <laughs> we had to do ten crunches, ten push ups, and then we had to be able to run a mile in like under a half hour. And and that was kind of it. I walked my mile. I did not run any of it. You were one of the walk girls. I was chatting with my friends. Mm -hmm. Yes. Were, yep. I, 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 would, I would totally guess that. Yeah. I have my cute sweatpants. We all know the walking girls. Yeah. The girls that never run. Yeah. Shit. I would like go home and run too. Like I would not use gym class. That's ridiculous. At all. Yeah. Man, I was out there trying to win. No, <laughs> I did Foursquare. That was my game. That's a good game. Yeah. Yeah. And I missed that game. walked my mile. Do you remember this? Did you guys have crab scooters where you like sit down and you have to like yeah. do crab yeah. walk? Yeah. Dude, those things are so cool. I did that once. How, where do you buy them? Are they at the Walmart? It's a school depot. That sucks. <laughs> Everywhere should have these. We get to school. Yeah. And we get into like the meat, the part that I really like. She goes to English class and they're doing as you like it. And I know you're not familiar with the play, but it's a parallel for the entire movie. And I yeah, feel like that's so obvious. Yeah. yeah. I assumed it would be at the time. And yeah, clearly it was. They even show up later at the prom, her and her date as characters from the play. Like, yeah. 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 And it's all about like writing poetry. Really, this whole movie is just her trying to find somebody who will write poetry for the way that Orlando does. And I think yes. that is powerful and beautiful. And they have this kiss at the end when all is revealed and the disguises are taken Wait. off. So it literally, it is that. Are you telling me that she has ever been kissed? I'm telling you that she gets kissed at the end of the movie. That should have been the title. I was upset that she had been kissed before, but it just wasn't anything special. Hmm. I wish that she had yeah, never Yeah, that makes more sense. I've never kissed. been kiss quotes in yeah. quotes. Yeah. But no, you can't just throw that out there. It's like you saying, I've never seen, I've never been kissed. You can't say that anymore because you've seen it. You can't say you've never been kissed if you've been kissed. Hmm. I hate to get into like the high school semantics of this, but... But I have, have I heard never been kissed? <laughs> Billy. <laughs> yeah. Billy Ho. Billy Ho. Well, she um, goes out with the kids at some point. She does. To a bar. She does. Right? Yeah. Why do they go to a bar? 
So the whole entire thing starts with John C. Riley, who is also in this movie. Everybody, saying, like so many people in this. Yeah, saying that somebody else broke a story about the court, which is like the cool place for the teens to hang out. And he's upset because Drew Barrymore should have broke that story. So he points to the popular girls in the magazine and he says, you are going to get with these people. Mm -hmm. And he says, you're going to get jiggy with them. And I... It's so gross. It's a little dated. We start to, to really like that, get yeah. into like how uncomfortable it is that this woman is 25 and partying with high schoolers. Yeah. This is when it starts to become really cringy. She's pushed into it and she start, you know, she's trying to go out, but like um they also start miking her up or uh, cameraing her up. Yes. Uh, she's a full-on informant at this point, uh, which, of course, I, I see why they're doing it. Uh, she's not a reliable narrator. Like, she's got too many oh, reservations yeah. and stuff, so she's not really focused on why she's even there. She's kind of reliving high school days, trying to hope for the best. And they force her into now recording all of this stuff. And the weird thing is, like, it becomes this TV show for the... The office. It becomes Black Mirror. In some ways, but my my thought is everybody is just on like on call. Like everybody's just there and around like all day they're doing this and watching this and they're watching no no no. It literally is like that episode of Black Mirror. They're watching her most embarrassing moments but also and working. like her life going into chaos. Yeah. yeah. But the guy in the van is like taking dates. To work. Yeah. Everybody's just working all day for this stupid story. Yeah. And it's it really weird. <laughs> like this is why this is why newspapers are going broke because they invest three months into a high school situation. So, you, so yeah, I mean, at some points John C. Riley's getting frustrated with her, you know, like you mentioned, that's the whole reason they push her into going to this party scene. Yeah. And it makes sense. Like, you feel bad in some ways in, in real time in the movie. I get totally this movie, I'm following it, right? Like, I know what it wants me to feel and all that. Yes. And, and sometimes it resonates perfectly. And sometimes I like that it does that. But then in some cases, it's like, no, you're forcing this weird shit to happen. And I don't like that. The whole thing is done on a whim. That's why I took the time to say, like, all of this starts because Gary Marshall's son is allergic to peanuts. The fuck? Like, yeah. <laughs> none of that makes sense to me. All of this is so loose. And then the premise where eventually her brother goes back to high school as well. And it's so he can be picked up to play in the minor leagues. <laughs> Yeah, he missed his chance. Uh, did he have an injury or something? I can't remember. No, they just didn't want him because he wasn't good enough. That's okay. This is sad. I mean, that 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 kind of stuff is really not appropriate to include here. No. Uh, what is a jiffer? A jiffer? No idea. <laughs> they say jiffer at some point in this. No idea. Oh, man. I, I don't know. I wish I knew. Jiffer. But the brother also goes back to high school and is able to convince people that Josie is cool because she is sexually liberated. I'll put it that way. Huh? Yeah. He 
is able to convince people that Josie is cool because he lies and says that they still hook up. Which brings me to my next note is, um, do people who make movies have kids? No. (laughs) Because this is really fucked up. It's so gross. I couldn't write this. I I couldn't see in my mind this playing out like... And not have to picture my kid being one of the high school students duped by these adults. So there's this plot point in As You Like It where um, this shepherd ends up falling in love with the main character. or thinking that, oh, wait, wait, wait. A girl, shepherd, ends up falling in love with the main character who is in disguise as a man. A man has no face. Yeah, but... Uh, this other shepherd is in love with the shepherd girl. So it's this whole like weird love triangle situation. Okay. I was fully expecting that. And that's how Josie ends up getting cool. Like somebody becomes obsessed with her or really likes her. Yeah. I don't think this is necessary. I don't think the brother shit is necessary. I feel like the brother is necessary to spark her Josie's memory of what it was like for her. In to high give school. the advice, maybe. Sure. But for him to be involved, no. Right, he's filling the role of what is normally the gay best friend in movies like this. Okay, so if being successful in high school, being more popular is important, and he was important, why isn't he more successful? That's just it. So what does his opinion matter at all? Right. He feels like he did something wrong, so he has to go back and do it right this time. He sees that his sister is going back and doing it wrong. And so he's, he's just got, jealous, like, FOMO. though. Yeah. He, but, God damn it. I'm, I'm upset with this movie because it's kind of glorifying it and adding weight to high school experience. And I've always had a problem with this. It does actually illustrate, though, how insignificant this is to your entire life. So yeah. it's like it's 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 having its cake and, and eating it, too, in so many ways here. Yeah. And that's my problem with it is it, it really doesn't want to pick a side at all. Like this stuff is bad, yet it's necessary. Right. Yeah. At all times. Yeah. My, my boss is a dickhead, but I fell in love with him. Right. Even some of our nicest uh, conclusions start with like really fucking like they things that don't add up right they it, why how did we get here god i wish i knew um the wake up instead of it coming from the brother i feel like the wake up could have happened when the hot teacher says when you're in the disguise you can be whoever you want to be because you're in disguise mm-hmm. That the brother can moment. give advice. I mean, yeah. there's so many ways it could happen without him getting involved and implying that he had and sex dating a 16 year old. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's the other thing is we never see these full grown adults in high school kissing the people that they're going out with, but the people that they're going out with, they're going out with. Yeah. So stuff has happened. Something. At the the very least, like, you don't need to be spending time and having conversations with these 16-year-olds when you're a 24, 5, 6-year-old man. You know what I mean? But yeah, I'm- It's crazy. uh, I'll feel differently when it's my kid, I hope. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) I'm sure. But I don't want to talk to high school kids. Like, there's a reason why it didn't go into teaching. And I fully thought that I was going to. Which is ironic that he ends up being basically a teacher. Yes. 
which seems like no. They still you allow him around students, these and, kids. And yeah. now you're playing base or you're a baseball fucking coach. Like, what the fuck, dude? That kind of gets us to the end where how how do we even get there? So Drew Barrymore we have to talk about the prom. We do. Oh yeah. Because it's the tell all. It's the big reveal. It moment. is where everything because all right. What I was expecting, I called out almost everything, right? I, right. I called out the brother going to school with her. Um, and what was my prediction for the end of this? Um, the shit. teacher and her are going to get together. I feel like you predicted that. For sure. Yeah. I feel like there was something else. Oh, uh, that it was going to repeat, that it was going to happen to her again. The trauma of her original school experience. Ah, yeah. So she does almost have that. Like she, what she feels like is going to ha- happen and- she goes to the prom with this dude who's been a douchebag the entire movie, and he takes such a turn. Like, I didn't mind him being a dick for a minute because it's okay to be suspicious of this, uh, suspicious of this new student. Yes. She looks like she's older and- Is weird. She's saying weird stuff, yeah. <laughs> um, Not even just like, like, it's fine to say weird stuff, whatever, but it's the- I don't know. There's no chill to her. Yeah. It's like very unusual. When she's high in the club and the guy is like, I do not love what is happening right now. Like, yeah, that's an okay thing to say. That's so okay to say. And I just got the impression that the people she's going to high school with when they first meet her, she's a lot. And uh, they're put off by that. It's not even that she's weird. It's just that she is extra. It's like, um, what is the movie with uh, Sandra Bullock where she's a lot? It's like, what about Sarah? Oh, oh, what is something that about Sarah? Something about Mary? No, no. What not, is it? Not that. Hmm. I'm getting there. But there's a. It's like manic pixie dream girl, right? Sure. They're so much. Really quirky, like overly quirky. And that's a lot to be around. Mm-hmm. I don't even get the impression that Drew Barrymore is like weird. I get the impression that she is a lot. That's, that's it. But somehow through all of that, a high school teacher ends up falling in love with her and they dance at prom together. Right. But before that happens, she has a flashback to her original trauma at high school mm-hmm. and it doesn't happen. So what does happen, though, she's dancing with said teacher. Mm-hmm. And she sees the first friend she makes at school, the nicest girl, you know, to befriend her when she first gets there. Lily Sobieski. About to receive. Yeah. Lily Sobieski is in this. Yeah. Is about to receive a similar treatment to, you know, what she experienced when she was originally in school. Uh, and she saves the day. And that's the heroic moment. That's probably the coolest moment of the movie, honestly. Like, true cool. Yeah. That, that's great. To yeah. save somebody from that that stuff, and then uh, somebody's going to pour dog food on her. It went on the like Mean Girls, and that was cool. Um, yeah, who are all dressed up like Barbie? I They're remember. All oh my god, when I was a little kid, these outfits. Oh my god, they were so cool, and I so wanted them. And now I look at them, and I'm like, Jessica Biel is wearing a flower on her belly button. So Why? much male gaze in this movie to wear like. It made me uncomfortable. They like zoom in, not zoom in per se, but they're centered on the butts of these supposed supposed high school girls. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, 
this is a very weird movie. <laughs> it is really asking you to not look too often. Yeah, yes. presenting you with the pictures. I think you know it's what I mean? more like giving you the opportunity to look, right? I think it's more. I don't know. I that's what I'm. I guess that's what I'm saying. Exactly. I, I don't know. I think it's trying to give permission to gaze at what we have to assume are it's porn. It's are, like porn. Maybe it's trying to create a context that doesn't exist because the intention of the maker does not create the experience for the viewer right so they may think they created this veil of like um safety sure it's not there we're still watching supposed underage people like sexually we're you know the camera is looking at them sexually right it's as if we write taboos to make them acceptable yeah we all know this stuff happens but like they're like, it is, they're even commenting, like her brother is saying, those girls are hot. She's looking at the yearbook or something. And and she has to say like, they're 16. Yeah. Like, That's gross. And he he's okay with it. And then he dates one of them. Blah, blah. Wow. Um, but there's a big tell all at prom. She's named prom queen, but then she saves Lily Lily Sobieski from getting dog food mm-hmm. on her blue unitard. Um, and she says everything that she's 25 and she's a reporter. It's crazy as hell. And then so we have bonkers. this weird reveal moment where she's talking to the guy who's been watching her this whole time in a van. She's like, no, I didn't get enough information on Colson, the teacher. And then Colson, the teacher, shows up and he's like, what the fuck? You were writing a story about me. <laughs> it's very upsetting to me that this is how this whole entire thing. It's pretty weak. Yeah. Yeah. All all the plot points are so weak in this. I don't think they should have ended up together at all. No, it's a real, um, I don't know, Scott Pilgrim situation where I am not happy that they're together in the end. And I have to quote you. Yeah, go ahead. We get to the point of um, him showing up after she writes her tell-all article and supersedes all the other articles that were scandalous and revealed all these things she's been doing and otherwise... Uh, about this school, and uh, everybody shows up at a baseball game mm-hmm. for them to romantically conclude the film. Yes. And you say, what are they going to tell the children? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I think is a good question. Thank you. Uh, yeah. do, you do they say, like, yeah, I was a teacher, and... <laughs> I pretended to be a child. Yeah. That's so weird. It's pretty weird. I have problems about like what we're going to tell our child. We have an age difference and at least we don't have to pretend that um, one of us pretended to be underage to uh, start seeing each other. I can comfortably. Comfortably? No, let me think on this. Convertibly. I can convertibly say that I have never aged myself up or down with the intention to fool other people. Ooh. I've always felt pretty comfortable. Can you age with yourself up and down to please other people? No, <laughs> no, I cannot. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, because uh, I'm looking for that grandma stuff. <laughs> That's so nasty. <laughs> age it way up. Not that old people sex is nasty. It's not. It's normal, and everything is okay. No, but it's gross. 
<laughs> it's weird. We've been watching. I'm a sure it's ton. not when you get there, though. Can we talk about this? We've been watching a ton of 90 Day Fiance the other way. It's all relative. And let me just say, some of these relationships don't make any sense to us, the viewer. And I don't that's know if that's point, because right? of how they're shot. That's yeah. The point. Yeah. But it's like, how did we get here? I really want to know. And here we are watching this movie, and this still seems like a way more foreign concept than moving to another country to marry somebody you have never met in person. Like, <laughs> dating a teacher. They just oh Okay, so now, granted, in one of those relationships, the person catfished the other and, like, pretended to look different. Yeah. And be a different age, I think. I think in, like, two situations. Maybe. Maybe. So there's some s- similarity there. We're obsessed with this kind of scandal. We here. need to say they even mentioned in this it's like Young and the Restless, right? Yes. Yeah. We need to say is like a warning. If you haven't watched any 90 Day Fiance, don't do it. It is a vortex. It sucks you in. You're done. Makes you care about these people. And then they do a tell-all and you have to like change your mind about everybody. It's emotional. And I don't need it in my life. It is not Rufus. But we can't stop watching. It's not not, Rufus. So not Rufus. You hated Rufus. (laughs) I hate Rufus for a different reason now. Well, the movie ends with them getting back together. Or them getting together. Yeah. Beautiful, wonderful. Okay. For the first time. because She's never been kissed and she got kissed on a baseball mound. Yeah. This is a cool place, I think. The part I remember the most. But in front of a bunch of people? That's not where I want my first kiss. Are you kidding me? Mm -mm, I would love that. I would love that. I always pictured, like, if I was ever. Okay, so my first kiss was in front of a lot of people. The fuck? What? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Why? Because it, like, okay. Because that's just how it ended up happening. (laughs) I, I don't know how to. How to put that without oh getting boy. really deep into it. My first kiss was in like a school hallway. Why? It was my freshman year. I don't know. I did not ask for it. I was not ready for it. I did not want it at that time. But I, that was my first kiss experience. Oh I was dating somebody. We had been dating for like a week. And he just like, bam went in for it. Huh. And I was not expecting it. So you weren't dating. At all. You were saying you were together for a week. We were, yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. You really do oversell it. <laughs> we dated for like that's months a, after that. That's not before. You okay. weren't dating at all. What did you do before? Held hands in the hallway. Not dating. Scandalous. <laughs> and this, see, the reason this is bugaboo for mm-hmm. us audience mm-hmm. is you like to say that our first date was a date. Our first date was a date. It ended. If you want to look at it in retrospect, sure, you can apply date to it because yeah. of the way it ended. Yeah. It did not start as Just a date. Just because half of the party did not know it was a date. <laughs> it's not a Does date. Does not mean it wasn't a date. I did not consent to dating. Oh, okay. Okay, fine. Then it wasn't a date. Huh? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I would have <laughs> if it had been proposed as such. I assumed that's what it was, like from the jump. I was like, okay, <laughs> going on a date. Got it. Uh-huh. I dressed like I was going on a date. Uh-huh. You dressed like you were going on a date. Uh-huh. We went on a date. I wanted to be on a date. Exactly. Guess so, what, guys? Ended up being a date. <laughs> Pretty good one. Here we are. <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> Years later. 
That's pretty much the film. I mean, there's so many other weird little quirks and stuff. The fact that like John C. Riley is even in this, I could talk about for hours. I know, right? He's he's great. He's lovely. It's he's gotta really be early John C., right? This is not It's early everybody. James Franco mm-hmm. is in this. It's gotta be early Franco. Super yeah. early. Um it's not early Lily, but it's early definitely, it's early Lily as early a Lily Sobieski. Yeah. Or Lily Sobierski. Um, Octavia Spencer is mm-hmm. also in this film. Totally. Early film for her. Very light work, but quality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, I think that's everybody, really. Pretty good. Yeah. Yep. Um, hey. What up? Bro. Mm-hmm. In this film. Yes. That I have shown you. Yes. Did you have a, um, how do I put it? A highlight? Yeah. Uh, music. Really? I think they picked some really cool stuff for this soundtrack. Um, our particular viewing had some like sound issues with some echo for certain songs, but otherwise, um, I'm a big fan of a good soundtrack. I, I was raised in the era, excuse me, I grew up in the era. In the time. I wasn't raised by anybody. <laughs> no, you were not. I was raised by wolves. <laughs> yes, you were. Um I grew up in the era of the good soundtrack, right? Um, movies pride themselves on like having unique songs from popular artists, right? And that's not necessarily the case with this movie. Nonetheless, it picks good music throughout. Not perfect, but damn, they picked Cool Magnet by Local H. Yeah. You got me right there. Have we talked about how like my dream job when I was... A kid this age watching this was to pick out music for yeah. movies. Yeah. I wanted that job. job so bad. Yeah. yeah. Sounds awesome. <sighs> Sounds ideal. It's like why Kojima loves using music so heavily. Yeah. Because it's fun to apply music for a vibe, to create a vibe. Yeah. You know, it's, it's super important to us. I think that in some ways music is way more effective than visuals. It's not true, but... um. I mean, together, though, it's PB&J, right? They help each other be better. For sure. Yes. All right. Did you have a low light? Yeah, this thing is pretty predictable from a story <laughs> sense. Yeah. Um, I predicted almost every beat of this. Yeah. And that's not always a good thing. Or I, it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't always work out well, or it rarely works out well, I should say, uh, when it's so predictable. Sometimes it's predictable because you can appreciate this type of story. And there's only one way it could go because it resonates that way. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the only way it could work. So realistically, things could play out, right? You can predict it because it couldn't work out any other way. Right. That's kind of this movie. I think it's so predictable because it is like a crossword puzzle with all... The answers filled in. They give you the code of as you like it, yeah. and then it just plays out exactly like the play. Yeah. But the reason I don't like it is I kind of know, you know, and I already know a lot of the players, and now yeah. I know where it's going to go. So you better deliver with some dialogue and some And other it things. really didn't. It does. It does uh, in in parts, but not always. I and mean, it's just like Rufus. Yeah, it's it. 
it becomes a little tired. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. it's too repetitious, for, formulaic. Um, so yeah, predictable. I think is my best term for it. Uh, so that's its downside. Is it didn't give me enough surprises. It gave me a slight change to what I knew was going to happen. Yeah. No, I, it's even even like that wasn't such a deviation to where it's not basically what I said was going to happen. I still find it of value because it's like vanilla ice cream. Vanilla ice, ice cream, baby? uh, Yeah. You know what you're going to get with vanilla ice cream, but you still crave it every now and then. Right? It's reliable when you really need like a. Yeah. If I wanted ice cream and that's my only option, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. It's a very reliable story structure. Can't be mad. Yeah. It's old as Shakespeare. So, gotta be good. Abula, bula, bula. Mm hmm. (laughs) <laughs> All right, Kaylee. Uh, you must have a highlight, right? I Still, maybe? I certainly do. All right. So my highlight is... All right, everybody, I'm happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But this video is the greatest of all time. The greatest of all time. Drug. I took her around the way. And what do you know? She was good to go. Without a word to say. We was all alone and she said tone. And let me tell you one thing. I need $50 to make you holler. I get paid to do the wild thing. Say what? Yo, love, you must be kidding. Yo, walk away. She broke out of here. That was the 1988 hip-hop hit, early for hip-hop, too, uh, by Tone Loke, Wild Thing, um, famously samples, I guess, a bunch of shit, but uh, not like the OG Wild Thing, which kind of played before we listened to this, right? Yeah. Yeah. This goes way back for me, man. Uh, I remember being at like another kid's birthday party and seeing this and... Um, I don't know. It just reminds me that I was kind of always obsessed with music and music videos. The repetition of this thing mm-hmm. allows me to kind of always have something to fall back on musically. Um, I hate to say it, but I tend to, or at least earlier in my <laughs> creative career, uh, would be pretty repetitious with my hip hop focused stuff. And I'm less so now, but that doesn't mean that I don't appreciate like a good loop. There are some songs it doesn't really matter. Even like 1975 has a song where it's just basically a loop. Yeah. You know, so it's not like a bad thing. And this reminds me of that. Hmm. Okay. Okay. But structurally, it's very bizarre. I I see why people were adverse to hip hop now. Like growing up with Whoa. it, it was it was so no, it's it's so normal for me, like growing mm-hmm. up, but like getting older and like being exposed to all this music and making music and like trying to um push things sonically and um make things more interesting as the the song goes, like actually produce a song and keep the listener's interest. Like you try to keep that in mind, but then you see something like this and you realize sometimes that doesn't matter at all. Mm. It really doesn't. And I think it informed most of my musical career up until this point. Like, I think I banked on if I just get like the right loop, if I get the right vibe, it doesn't really matter. 
but the vibe is as simple as like bam, bam, bam. Yeah, it's Ugh. like Beavis level, you know? Yeah, but that's what's beautiful about music sometimes. Is that it can be simple? It can be so simple. Yeah, um, I guess. And not that this like gives you any heart or like emotion. I'm not enthused. I'm not like stirred or inspired. I'm not, I definitely don't want to do the wild thing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't invoke the thing that it's promoting. I would argue it's really not clear on what it is. Yeah. I mean, the wild thing could be like. It's it's fucking. But. It could be making coffee. Who knows? It's. Yeah. Okay. Wild fucking. (laughs) <laughs> because sure. I'm pretty sure he's talking about sex the whole time. Yes. Yeah. 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 For sure. Because mom comes in, sees him doing it, and oh, says, "No, God. I used to also do the wild thing." Yeah. Yeah. Chris. Mm. And then if you give her a dollar, she'll give you a holler. Like. We can cut this if I'm not allowed to ask you this on the podcast. Has a parent ever walked in on you while no. you were having sex? No. Uh, never. Mm-hmm. Not even like a partner's parent. No. You lucky bastard. Oh, like I'm having sex at somebody else's house. Yes. No. Yeah. Not I'm even not. like a not even a sibling. Actually, that's not true. I, I've had sex with other people. Um walked in on no. Have I had a relative? No. Oh. I've had a friend. But oh. but when you're having sex in the living room, it's inevitable. <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> that's a problem. Yeah. 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 I think that's, yeah. I think I've had every iteration besides, I don't feel like a sibling is ever Your own parents? No. No, my partner's parents walked in. I had a friend walk in. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think. That's more fun. No, it's really not. No, your friends know you're doing it. No, it's It's cool. It it was not an okay situation. Oh, at all like okay. it was it was not great i threw like a house party it, it was a whole thing anyway yeah uh i was just curious you can't do I'm, that while you're a host i know i know i'm sorry <laughs> i don't want to admit to my bad friends form. Bad form. i don't want to admit you're to clearly my clearly inexperienced it's with like, parties i know my Parents don't listen to my podcast, but I also don't want to admit anything incriminating. <laughs> There's in nothing incriminating about they that. Hear it at some point that I threw a party at their house. Yeah, it's not incriminating. Mm. It's not a crime. It's kind of a crime. No. Would you want? Okay. Would you want our kid throwing a party at our house? While That's we not a crime, there? though. It's not a crime. It's a parental but, crime. Sure. It's a home crime. Okay. <laughs> How did we go from the know. wild thing to home crimes? I don't care. Is the wild thing about, a home crime? Maybe. That's the true question. It's theft. Uh, not much to Tone Loke's 1988 hit, The Wild Thing, but I will say it's part of a movement in, in hip-hop, so uh, pretty significant in my world. And I wouldn't expect you to glean much from this other than, uh, yeah, it sounded like that time period. That's yeah. kind of what was going on. And he's part of this uh, push of a, a pop version of hip-hop. Um, it's not even hip hop at the time, really. It's rap music. Yeah. And there are very few breakthrough artists in rap at that time. And he was a little bit safer talking about sex is a good route, right? Sampling popular rock music is a, is a safe route, uh, to appeal to more people. 
So Tone Loke was one of the guys that uh, became a little bit more um, significant in the music world just because he catered to more people. He was a multi-quadrant, as they say. Um, I wouldn't say it's good. You know, looking back at it now, I don't think it's like quality rap music. Um, no. They, I think Public Enemy is making music at this time. This like, reminds me blows it out of the water. a lot of like rhyming and stealing. Yeah, BC Boys are making it's, music before this even. You know? Yeah, it's just not... Run DMC is like I this. see the talent. I see the talent there, mm-hmm. but I don't have interest in this specific thing. It, it just is what it is, man. It's like uh, fun music. Yeah, you know? it's the it's and the it's telling a story. So it's not trying to give you a vibe. It's just trying to like. Well, I went and did this thing, <laughs> and it really doesn't matter. But I said it just like this, and I pumped my fist, and now I got so fatter. Like it just you as what? long as you do you it, got so what? So much fatter. Uh, or I said so fatter, but. Uh, <laughs> but that's the point. Is it's it's just telling a story. It's not there to give a vibe, and I think I come more from a time where it is. It's only vibe. It's no content. It's only vibe. No, it's telling a story. Like, mom walks in. It means nothing. None of it means anything. Mm. What does that mean? Mom walks in and says, I used to be down to do the wild thing. And it's like, are they having a threesome with her mom now? God, no. No. (laughs) No, I don't think it's that. I think it's like like no judgment. Like, we good here. Oh, so she opens the door, Uh sees them screwing, Uh and says, me too. Been there. Done that. Back, Have fun. A, back away. Bye bye. Uh, weird. I'm done. I, I got a softie now. Yeah. Your mom just said that she is like. She's been busy before. She's cool with it. Yeah. Not that she shouldn't be. I don't know, man. She should be cool with Your it. Your mom walked she in the not, room. I'm not so, good with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that's weird. <laughs> like, I'm, no. I don't love this. I, I'm How just, could you? I'm going to put it out. It doesn't that way. age well. So it's significant to you because you saw it at a. It's significant party? to music. I, I to okay. me, I think it's very relevant to the time period in which I grew up because it was a hit song, and to me, it tells a story of like what's happening to music. I feel like I have enough examples of this. I kind of want more you stuff that you like really, really enjoy. I did when I was this really? age. Yeah, when I when I was at that party. Or whatever it was. Like, I love this. Okay. Interesting. And he's got another. Did we not do Funky Cold Medina? I don't know what that is. Maybe we should have done Funky Cold Medina. Oh, wow. Yeah, we definitely should have done Funky Cold Medina. Wow. Medina? Funky Cold Medina. Okay. That's his other hit. Okay. Funky Cold Medina. Now you're And it's basically the same song. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, maybe we'll, we'll watch that one. I'm sorry, guys. We'll get back to the movie. Thanks for listening to this stuff. Stuff. Drug. So my highlight is how English this film is. I think we always know we'll eventually get to who we are meant to be. Right? That was a consolation prize for me as a kid. I felt like I couldn't be myself. But reading was this thing where I was allowed to do anything and I could think and feel and be anything, mm. right? Uh, so I've always been attracted to 
books and the idea of books and the escapism in that, I don't necessarily feel like it started in this movie. I feel like I connected a lot with this movie because of how English driven it is. And it's so much more than her correcting other people's grammar. It's she has a career as a writer. God, that's fucking hard to do. Um, Near impossible, as a matter of fact. She loves Shakespeare. She benefits from knowing Shakespeare. Um, she knows her grammar rules and she knows her references. She knows what a pastoral play is and she goes into the etymology of that. She goes into the etymology of prom. I love it. She's all about the words. I love how English driven this whole entire thing is. And I think that's why I don't mind that it plays out in such a classical love story way. I'm cool with it, right? I know what I'm getting. It is my vanilla ice cream. I know what kind of a story I'm getting. And maybe that's why I like old stories so much. They're comfort food to me. I usually know what I'm getting. I like if I'm watching a new film that I know enough about storytelling at this point that I can kind of pinpoint where a story is going to go, this is easy work for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even have to flex a muscle to figure out what's going to happen here. It's comfort food. We are opposites in that way uh, when it comes to like literature. Um, I think I'm more inclined to discover something new than to appreciate something old. That's really, that that breaks down a lot of like our tastes honestly. Sure. But as far as this movie goes, it is you in so many ways. Like there's so much of you represented here in the taste making and appreciation of things, um, the attitudes, even some of the drama, you know, I totally see where your experiences build to a point. Now you said you're seven watching this six or seven. Yeah. You don't have many experiences, but the ones you have, I think click here big time. Um, And you probably continue to watch this, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. This was on Fox. And we have this joke. On Fox. Yeah, it was on Fox. Like on on the channel. It was on the channel. Like when? Fox. (laughs) It was on there. What? They would play movies. This is one of the movies they would play. Yeah. Like FX? Because Fox is just like. Yeah, like FX. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like the grand company that is Fox would put this on one of their many channels. I hate to put you through the ringer on this one. You kind of did. Yeah, on Fox. It's on Fox. (laughs) That's what it's on. I'm sorry, but that that sounds strange. Yeah, (laughs) It's on Fox. I was going to say we have this grand joke in the hometown that I'm from that we could always determine how our parents were doing money-wise, by if we had cable or not. Oh, yeah. That's and there okay. were, like, different periods of time in which we and didn't. And your level of and cable. And we did. Do yes. you have HBO or not? Yeah. yeah. Like, you could tell how rich your friend's parents were based on, like, if they have Cartoon Network. Their cable package. Yeah. 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 A big package. I Go wonder figure. if that's a determiner still. Like, do your parents have Netflix and Apple TV? Shit, yeah. Yeah, like, like that's... I think nowadays, it's like, whatever you click on, if you don't have it, you're poor. Yeah. You're poor. You're poor. 
I love that Anna Delving has extended beyond herself, and now she's just poor. Poor. <laughs> like she's just it's one not even word. Her that says it. It's she's the like actor. Yeah, she's filed down into one word. I want to hear her say it though. Poor. Yeah. You did. <laughs> I want her to call me poor. <laughs> I, dude. Seriously, if she's looking for a new money scheme, she should. Start a cameo. I think she's out too. She's yeah, probably she got is. cameo. Or, um, that's she dude, should start a cameo for sure if she hasn't. Gotta be way ahead of you on that. God, I fucking hope this, so. Somebody, this woman exploits people for a living. Ryan, somebody buy me a cameo of her calling me poor. Like, please. <laughs> okay, we'll I, work on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This needs to and happen. If we can get it, we'll play it on the show here. Oh my God. Yeah. Be amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's that's my highlight. I love how Englishy it is. I love how referential it is to, you know, this the stuff that I'm into. Cool. Yeah. Makes sense. It feels good. It feels really, really good. Like I'm with my people. What kind of lows did you hit here? Why is the English teacher teaching sex ed? Ooh. Why is he here? Ooh. Does anyone know? Brings me right back to milk money. Why, Why wasn't there's they're just setting it up? It, okay, it, there's too too much like nonsense, like setting up these situations and allowing these situations and allowing us as viewers to even accept this. Yeah, yeah, that's it's unrealistic for him to get on the goddamn Ferris wheel. With the student and no. say like, oh, I see when what you're he's going adult. for. He's like, doesn't want her to be alone. It's like, no. That's just how it goes. You're a fucking adult. You can't do this. Yeah. Seriously. Push somebody else on there. A little because kid. It's I creepy. don't care. It's Especially weird. because of the way the guy announced it, right? How did he say it? I don't know. The the Ferris wheel operator. Ferris oh, wheel operator. Lady. Yeah. It's yeah. like calling Need out for any perv that wants to come. Seriously. Yeah. That's so uncomfortable. She's already in the chair. So I think that's meant to be him saving her from any perv coming in. Sure, but, but then the perv coming in? Then he extends himself and says, uh, guys are gonna be all over you when you're a grown up. But see, this is you know, we have an age difference and I sometimes feel like this is how it how it would have felt if I did like if I was more forward with you. I don't know. I, I think when we first met, I wasn't trying to be like that because I didn't want to come off as like being inappropriate, right? I think you were forward with me one time and then I was like, oh, cool, he likes me. I'm going to just think on that for a little bit, see how I feel about it. And then if I'm cool with it, I'm going to go for it. And we, it's not like we had a teacher-student relationship, but we had a <laughs> Thanks for customer, customer-employee relationship. So I didn't want to exploit that dynamic. I didn't want you to feel like... You know, really, you didn't want to lose the bar that you were drinking at, so you were very nice to. That was not I my motivation. Everybody. I was just trying to be respectful. Like I'm not trying to mm. come off as inappropriate. Like it's not necessary to the point where you don't have anywhere else to go. Right to the point <laughs> where I pretty much asked you out on a date. Yeah, while you, you were working. See, while I was working, it's and different. You still didn't know we were on a date because the moment you referred to, you weren't working. You're right. You were off the clock, and that's the first time I had ever said anything that was even remotely like um, interested. Like that was clear that I was, you know, yeah, flirting. Yeah, yeah. I was just drinking at the bar that I worked at, and it was still pretty casual. God, that's so sad to say. I was drinking happens, at the bar though. that not, I worked at. That's, you know, if you worked there, it's, it's easy. Oof. That yeah, that seems like a pastoral experience. But I worry about that. Like this, this 
movie does reveal a little bit of the awkwardness of our situation. It is really weird. There were two teachers from my high school who had questionable student-teacher relationships. One teacher actually did have a relationship with a student. So I experienced this while at high school. Not me personally, (laughs) but um, a teacher that I had experienced this. Um, And that's kind of scary and unnerving. And I felt really unsafe. We had a principal that was sucking toes in middle school. So, Oh, dear God. (laughs) The world is crazy. That's so strange. The world is crazier than this movie. I don't like it at all. Um, So I'm confused why the English teacher is teaching sex ed. I always assumed that sex ed was taught by the gym teacher, but I didn't really have sex ed when I was in high school. How many times am I going to say sex ed? I don't know, but I I will say that my experience with the gym teacher teaching sex ed is very fun. Yeah? (laughs) The first time uh, I remember, the first memory I have is middle school um, coach, uh, what was the fuck was his name? He was an asshole. Doesn't matter. No, it does, though, because... (laughs) Some of these names are fun. Is it um, a... Actually, no. Some of these names you could look up, so maybe not. Okay. Um, if it's not like Dickerson or something that level of funny. And I feel like the first one was. But anyway, this guy is like, you know, later in life you realize he's just kind of like a, a sh- chauvinist. Like he is a womanizer type of guy and he's an asshole. He ended up being my baseball coach in high school too. Oh, nice. Um, but in middle school, he's teaching phys ed or uh, sorry, sex ed. Mm-hmm. And we get to this question about like, oh, yeah, let's throw out some like names, you know, for things, you know, uh, slang names, slang terms. Let's get comfortable here. Like, you know, we don't have to be shy about it. Like, oh, just go gross. ahead and say them. Just throw, okay. throw all the slang names out there. Everybody says pussy and, you know, yeah. whatever. And um, and somebody says tank. <laughs> and he he's like, tank. And I said, yeah. You know, like grape tang, orange tang, Wu tang. <laughs> um, you said that? Yeah. Oh, that's adorable. And he sent me to the principal for that. <gasps> really? Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. Uh, next <laughs> best thing is uh, our football coach in high school trying to teach anything remotely like sex ed uh, was hysterical. Oh, my God. Um, he would call people Mohicans. <gasps> you no. damn Mohican. No. Um, I'm so sorry to any indigenous person yes, who is listening me too. right now. That's awful. No, my white as shit fucking coach would just like use that as a derogatory term what for the fuck? And, and playfully. Like he thought it was like a term of endearment, but it's like, dude, you're a dick. Sir, <laughs> that's um, not okay. And that's not the only thing he would do. Like he was he was like he hated girls. And he would you would see him be nice to girls under protest. Like, it was so obvious that he had to, like, put effort into being nice to girls. He just genuinely did not care about women. What an asshole. Yeah, he sucked. Um, My sex ed teacher was also our vice principal because, again, I come from the country. (laughs) (laughs) So my sex ed teacher was also my driver's ed teacher and my gym teacher and my vice principal because that's, that's how underfunded we were. I went to a really shitty high school, I think. I think I went yeah. to a really bad school. So uh, Kaylee went to a school that is in a surrounding county. Yes. I went to a city school. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. We are TCB. I was... Tough city boy. Out by the water. Yeah. <laughs> God, I'm realizing I've been um, in therapy, and I've been um, discovering that my childhood was not a, as good as I thought it was. Um, not because of therapy, but because that's just the reality, and I've been kind of like blind to it. I'm starting to realize through this podcast, particularly this episode, that like I didn't have a great high school either. And now I'm just like, what the fuck did I have? What is life? I don't I, I don't I know. hate to do that too, man. I, it's not that I'm doing it either, but um I hate to be a participant in the destruction or deconstruction of those realities. I think I was also uh I'm also realizing that I was not a nice person in high school and that's also kind of difficult for me to unravel i i think this movie is such an anxiety trip because it is literally a nightmare that most people have they have that dream where they go back to high school and and they're failing or they're not wearing pants or they can't remember where their classroom is or their locker combination this is a nightmare did you um grow up the hot girl and marry the nerd? Uh, I I don't know. Are you Is nerdy? that why you're shook? Are you nerdy? Oh, I was not that popular in school. I, I got along with everybody, but I didn't I wasn't like popular. I think I was known, but I think I was known because like I have like bright red hair and I was tall and very skinny. Hmm. I think I stuck out a lot. Oh, you stuck out a lot. Oh, thanks. That was great. I'm getting fat. That's I don't even what he's know what saying. that means. He's saying I'm getting fat. That's all. It's fine. Well, I was talking about them boobies, I think. But, <laughs> no. You know. This movie is trippy. It's really bizarre. And I think like combining that with our age difference, but also combining it with, you know, my uh, fear of anxiety. And how I just take it on if somebody else is doing something embarrassing. This film is hard for me to watch, which really just gets me into my big question. Mm. Would you run away or would you make this bitch famous? Hmm. This is so middle of the road for me. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm having trouble with this. What is it? Uh, skunk politics? Uh, dead skunk dead, politics. Dead skunk, yeah. yeah. I don't know how to feel. I can't lean that far in either direction on this so i have to pick one let's see you can mm. be apathetic i'm no, cool with that i don't think that's fair that's not the question <laughs> okay i suppose i'd have to make it famous it's got too much going on i did enjoy it i was John entertained C. Riley's in it yeah, yeah i was entertained so i'm gonna lean towards making it famous gross i agree i would still watch this I feel like I've established that, though. It's comfort food to me, and I like it. Sure. Um, at some point, I'd be okay with our kid watching this, but obviously not soon. And I think that's a good barometer. If you just were not feeling well, you're sick, eating some soup, and you're just like, can we put on this movie? Like, Honestly, when I was a kid and I was homesick from school, I would watch Ever After, which is another Drew Barrymore film. Mm. Yeah, so I that may also be the secret ingredient here. Drew Barrymore is my you noodles. You do like Drew, yeah. And I my chicken that. noodle soup. I get that. Yeah. Chicken noodle soup. 
chicken turtle soup. Yeah, and clearly you would make this famous. Yeah, 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 for sure. I feel like you've already said you've learned something about me. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry I did that out of turn, but um, yeah, definitely. No, this one was not necessarily a learning as much as it was a revelation of like how significant this might have been for you um, because it, it does seem to just embody so much of like what you appreciate. Like it's got yeah. a lot of the things you love in it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So then I have one final question. Ryan, what are we watching next? What are we watching next? This is tough, dude. I really want to do certain things. I really want to like follow the timeline of me watching things, which I've broken up quite a bit. So I don't know if it's as important if I had to deviate so much now. I want to just kind of get some things out of the way. Sure. So that leads me down to like two choices. And I feel like the priority here, and I hate to do this because we have enough to watch. We have enough. Okay. But we've already started the saga of karate. Yes! So we're about to dip into the Miyagi-Do Karate Kid 3. Yes! Let's go. Let's Miyagi go. Threequels. Miyagi-Do Karate Kid 3. We gotta do it because it's season of threequels. Exactly. We're honoring season three fully by completing this saga. Uh, and finally, we will be able to get back to uh, Cobra Kai. <laughs> Curly on top, Ralph Macchio. IRL. We can get back to the show we've been trying to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Served really so many purposes. It. And it felt it felt like a guilty thing to like satisfy those things to you know. Hey, man, I gave my comfort food. You're giving yours now. Yeah, I'm excited. All right. Well, uh, we appreciate you guys sticking with us over the break. We took, uh, you know, a little bit of a hiatus to sync up with some other things in our world, but also we just needed to, you know, it's just a week (laughs) and we just needed it. Things are changing in our life. Um, uh, Our kid is getting bigger. So uh, thanks uh, for just minding the gap. Yeah. Mind (laughs) that gap. Ooh. Sexy. You can see us on social media uh, if you would like. We're on Instagram. Look what you made me view. But you can also uh, email us your Simpsons of bands. Oh, yeah. We want to know what who you think the Simpsons of bands is. Yeah. So if Simpsons did it in the um, TV world, if you can't write an episode without mimicking something the Simpsons have done, what can you not do musically because that band has already done it? Yes. I like this question. We need to know. You can email us at lookwhatyoumademeview at gmail.com. See. Yeah, that's us. All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Boing, boing. <laughs>